What is happening, podcast family? This week, I have a very, very special episode because it is someone that you might not have necessarily heard of, but rest assured, after this hour and a half is up, you will remember the name. And this guy is a friend of mine. I know him personally, and I've wanted to get him on the podcast for, well, since since I really began to know him properly. And um, like I said, you might not necessarily know the name before you listen to this, but that doesn't discredit anything he has achieved or anything he does. He's a fucking sick guy, has achieved tons, completely self-made, is an expert in marketing, has worked with brands from Mercedes to Coca-Cola, has worked his way up from the very bottom from being literally sleeping in his car to head of branding at Red Bull. I think it's in that order anyway. Might have been in the other order, but he explains it over the next hour and a half. Um, ben owns six businesses, including a charity, employs hundreds of people, improves the lives of hundreds of people, of young people, does some really, really fucking cool stuff, and uh, speaks about recipes for what made him successful, passion, discipline, relentlessness. He talks about how he was living a four-hour sleep a night for two years because he was so obsessed over achieving something and we also talk about why you should quit your job start your own business and ignore what your parents have to say i say we i literally just shut my mouth and listened to ben speak for an hour and a half because i i thought it was awesome so i got so much value from this really really enjoyed it probably one of my favorite all-time podcasts and uh, i hope you can too so without further ado i present mr ben maxfield one thing first is that we are recording this on a very cold October autumn slash winter's evening in the UK. It's about to get dark. We're sat outside a pub. I happen to have my Zoom recorder on me. So we thought, you know what? Let's do a podcast sat outside a pub next to a river in the beautiful British countryside. I probably get hypothermia halfway through this, but it was completely worth it. Um, I mean, my, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, my mum, I remember choosing between heating and food. You know, we were pretty hard off when I was when I was much younger. Yes, yeah, so it start, started from the start. Then go on. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that that is starting from the start. I mean, the, so where were you born? I was born you? in Bath yeah. uh, or Bath, Bath, whatever you want to call it. Bath. Um, Bath. And um, yeah, I was brought up in a in a place called Chippenham. Yeah. Um, my mum and dad weren't together from when I was very very young, and they're both very different. Um, hopefully my mum won't listen to this, but yeah, she was basically a secretary. Um, my mum and dad were split up, um, both very different people. My dad's quite a lot older, I mean he definitely won't be listening to podcasts, I think he's like 79 now or something stupid. But um, when I left school, all I ever really wanted to do was travel and, and work in the mountains. But So I, I, I eventually got a job um, uh, skiing and ended up moving to Austria. Well, how, how, how are you in school and stuff? Ah, in school? Um, how do you do in school? Okay, if I was to be... Okay, I probably haven't admitted it in this way ever. <laughs> but probably, like, intelligent. Okay. But, um, but arrogant. Yeah. Like, I had, I had good mates. I was part of the football team, which always, you know, part of a sports team in school, I think it does help. Um, I think um, I missed out on a lot, but at the same time, I had really good friends. I was, I was probably the most, I uh, definitely was the most intelligent out of my friends. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't apply myself at all. Like, I, I literally, I'm not exaggerating, I didn't revise once for any exam. And I didn't actually turn up to my Spanish exam. But I still got a C, so my coursework must have been pretty really? good, right? Yeah. So, 
I ended up with with okay-ish results. Um, probably could have done a lot better. Mm. Um, yeah, I just didn't apply myself. Um, but I don't know. It sounds very wrong to say naturally intelligent because I think that's the wrong message to give anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. But so you're, I, you're good at things. It came naturally to you. Yeah, things. I think I, I've always annoyed people for just being able to do things well. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like an expert or anything, but if I pick up a new sport, like. Okay. I, I'm. But one thing, one thing I definitely stand by is if we were to play, let's say you and me were to play Connect Four here, right? <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. What the fuck is drafts? Chess or something like that, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's say we were playing Connect Four and you won. Yeah. Like we'd play again. Oh yeah, 100%. and we would play again and again, and we would play until I won. Yeah, like, and if if that meant we were here all night, like, I'd be comfortable with that. Like, I wouldn't be stressed about it. I'd just play and play until I won. So, for me, getting good is grafting. Yeah, like it's you know, um, but I'm very, very, very self-disciplined. Okay. So I mean, jumping forwards to sort of give you an indication of how self-disciplined I, I am. When I first started my first business, when I came back to the UK, just 2000, 2010, 2009 actually, 2009, 2010, I decided I wanted to start my own business. And, um, and I decided, that I actually was trying to start two businesses at the same time. I didn't have any money, I was pretty much living in a car. But I made a decision that if I only slept four hours a night, I could do double the amount of work anyone else could. And I said to myself, because someone said to me one day, like very early on, yeah. how long are you going to do that for? And I'm not bullshitting now at all. I, I promise you this happened. I said, I'll do it for two years if I have to. And I did that for two years every single day. And I'll tell you my routine. This is how self-disciplined I was. And I don't do anything as stupid as this now. Yeah. But I would get up at 4 a.m. Where are you living? Uh, well, at the start in a car until I earned enough money. Yeah. And then I uh, rented a flat in a place called Perton, which is a nice little village. Okay. Uh, it was only a one-bed flat. It was £450 a month rent. Mm -hmm. And I actually stayed there for the duration, even though I started earning very good money. Mm -hmm. But for my four-hours four hour, four night routine, I would get up at 4 a.m. I would work till 8 a.m. Because in my head then, I'd done half a day's work before anybody else got up. Yeah. I then... Um, I then had breakfast, I then worked eight, pretty much 8.30 till 5, like mm -hmm. a normal person. Um, I'd then have a little break till 6. I'd then do uh, two hours work till, oh no sorry, I wouldn't, I'd have, I wouldn't work until 8. I'd then work 8 till 12 and then I'd go to bed 12 till 4. And I did that every day, Christmas day, birthday, any day you like, I did it for two years. 365 days a year and not a single day off what, even though I was ill four hours sleep a night you consecutively did four hours sleep did promise you not, you. Did you not crash well I think I think it aged me a lot <laughs> um, but no I didn't crash because I so you managed to get I was up. succeeding like oh, I was um, I was I was on a buzz I'd say I was on like a two hour sorry two year adrenaline rush mm. because I mean I when I first started that I was literally living in a car and I wanted this contract with the company to do some, I had this idea, um, this marketing idea. My background by then, I suppose I should go back, right? Yeah, yeah, take us, take us back. So when did, when did you leave school? Okay, so when I left school, sorry everyone, I, I'll go back. So when I left school, um, I, I went over to France. Um, so you left, what, what age were you? Uh, 16. Oh, so you left after GCSEs? Yeah, I left after my GCSEs. Left like okay GCSEs? Yeah, yeah, fairly well, like B's, C's and A's. Like, okay, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could have done a lot better. I mean, if I'm being honest, looking back now, looking at what kids can do now, if I'd applied myself properly, I probably could have got straight A's. Yeah. If I, but 
it wasn't me. School wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't studious. And, and so I, I left. Um, and I guess you could say I took a year out because I went to France, did a lot of skiing. I never, I sort of taught myself to ski well. And I did some, some stuff that looked crazy, but was well within my comfort zone. Um, notably, I, I went to some, some famous mountains like the Matterhorn. And we're, you know, we're talking two, early 2000s, so there wasn't an Instagram. So it was very much reliant on people speaking to people. And long story short, I got a job in a, in a big marketing company um, mm -hmm. in Austria. And I got injured, which was, I thought at the time... Like what crazy stuff did you do? Like I'd climb a mountain. Uh, with a friend and ski down a line that hadn't been skied before. Okay. Despite the fact that you know, I wasn't all that experienced in skiing. Yeah. But one thing I I studied hard as soon as I was probably even before I was sixteen. I was a little bit obsessed in a geeky way about avalanches. Okay. I just thought they were amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, I get like, I mean, I'm not autistic. <laughs> <laughs> but, I get, but I get these little um, obsessions with learning about things. Yeah, man, I'm like, the same. Uh, and I get, that's what I've got about skydiving, I think. But going back then, like, it was definitely avalanches and mountains and like the, the nature. And I, I don't know why, like, looking back, I think, what, what the fuck is all that about? But, but at the time, like, if you'd asked me anything about an avalanche, I could have told you anything. Mm. Like, anything. And um, yeah, a little bit obsessed. But it stood me in good stead because I went and got a job with this marketing company um, and I got injured. But one thing they, they admired about me is one, I could ski, so I understood skiing, but I also understood avalanches and they were putting together um, uh, ski teams to be helicoptered up to the top of mountains and ski down them, mm -hmm. which is huge risk in, in unknown areas, particularly in the Alps, if you're talking about Europe. And, uh, and even out to Japan, we went out to Japan and, um, and did some work out there. But one thing, so I went on the helicopter. This was my job. I'd go on the helicopter and I would assess the avalanche for the skiers and the snowboarders. And if it was okay, even I would ski down after them. But not, more often than not, I was injured or I, I had a bad knee. Um, uh, and so I had just this like dream job. Like it was, I mean, it was no, I can tell you now, it was like no money. Oh, were you? But, um, but I didn't care, like I was uh, 19 by then. So I, money wasn't a thing that was on my mind. Like I was getting to travel. I was working with some amazing athletes, sponsored athletes. They were getting to know me, I was getting to know them. Like I just had this life that to me was a dream. Mm -hmm. And I, I think at 19 you probably think oh, I'd just last forever. And I just didn't think of anything else. Anyway, they, they I, I don't really, if I'm being honest looking at, I don't really know how it ended up that I ended up working in the marketing department, but I, as I reached sort of 20, 21, 22, I was very much into learning again and studying and I was studying myself mm -hmm. and I was learning about marketing. I was working for a marketing company. I was learning a lot. I was, I was um, a little bit obsessed with branding and I, um, was seeing big things happen with different companies who were recording adverts with skiers and I would go out and I'd meet the people from Coca-Cola, Mercedes and these people were making adverts with skiers so I would go and assess and recce it and it was like I was just like why are you doing these adverts and I was trying to work out 
the ways and whys and it was all like to do with their branding and I was like well that's really interesting so I became quite aware of branding and I worked my way up within the company I was working in um, to be head of branding yeah which was so I, I stepped away from skiing completely stepped away from avalanches and I think at your age 24 um, they probably had violated me a little bit in that they'd worked me up to a very high position but because I'd worked my way up there was I wasn't earning all that much money still. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I think if somebody external went for a job like I had, they probably would be on huge money. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I was still living in the digs. Well, wait. Is it, you told me a hitchhiking story. Um. Oh, is that before? I wanted. I wanted that. Wait, wait. Yeah. Remind me which story that I've actually got a few. I've hitchhiked quite a lot. When you hitchhiked to a car park. I don't know if you're trying not to name uh, companies. Oh uh, well, actually, that comes later. Oh, that's that comes later. later yeah, okay, that comes okay, later. Okay. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, will, I will mention companies, but I mean, uh, you know, um, this company I, I was in, um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious which, com which company is the biggest branding company in the world, uh, based in Austria. Can you just mention it? Um, or is there a reason you're not? Uh, I, I mean, they do a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some good and some bad things about the company, so I probably won't mention the company so, on this so podcast. So you're head of, head of marketing of, of the... He, head, of, of, head of branding. Head of so, branding. Yeah, so there was, there was a marketing director above energy me. Energy drinks. Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually have anything to do with the energy drinks. That was yeah. kind of like a separate side of it, because what they were interested in at that time was... The biggest company that do energy drinks. Yeah, they were pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at that time, it was more about getting athletes sponsored and making sure that the right athletes were picked and that was very much part of my job was meeting athletes and understanding their brand and whether they suited the brand I was working for and whether they represented it well okay and it was it was very corporate well it was corporate but I wasn't corporate so but I just decided that I wanted to be back in the UK um, I'd got some qualifications and I had this this reputation uh, I don't know if you say I had a reputation there was a reputation that comes with the company I was working with and and I knew I'd be able to get work yeah. So I came back and decided to just start my own company, um, my own marketing company. But it was so hard. Like it was, it was. Um, this is ten years ago now. I mean, I was 26, and nothing really happened for the first year. So then I was 27, um, and I had this shit five series BMW. I can't tell you what shit it was. Like, <laughs> but I just, did, I just had run out of money, and I didn't really have anywhere to go, and. I'd lost a lot of friends from going abroad, but I still had some, so I was sofa surfing a bit. I was renting a place, we got kicked out of that place. Why did you get kicked out? Uh, just like, you know, not paying a rent. And, oh, okay. uh, you know, like a few other little bits that, I think when you're in your mid twenties, you, you don't appreciate that somebody's bought that house to earn money off. Yeah. And uh, if you're not paying your rent, you're actually fucking them over a bit. But. <laughs> But you know, I mean, but I think you know it goes both ways because you get a lot of landlords, as you know, that just take the piss. So, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I've stalled a bit now. So I, I sort of, I needed some contracts, but I had one thing I had, and I think a lot of people have them, is they have ideas. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. People always say, I've got these really good ideas for this project. I've got this great idea for this, and, and they just they don't know how to execute them. So 
you know, um, I had a friend who had a really good idea that would work for a, a car company on their grill of their car. Um, and he, he'd done a lot of research and he said, you know, if I think it was Mercedes, if Mercedes do this, um, I know that it'll work for them. And he had this idea, but he didn't have any way of executing that. And I think he tried to email them, but it had gone nowhere. And I think the difference between him and me was I wouldn't have stopped at that. And I think that's where it changed, where that's where I stood out. So I had this idea that um, for Dulux, actually Dulux paints. And I had this huge branding idea. I knew that, you know, I understand branding. I understand marketing. And we're not talking about Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. I don't understand that digital side of it. And I don't understand necessarily the influencer side that, you know, you're very much part of. What I understand is that old school, raw branding, marketing, you know, and I think pretty much all companies, big companies, are even scared to invest money into brand awareness because you're putting money into just people knowing about you, not necessarily buying from you. And it's a, it's a huge thing, but it's so important. And I just had this idea that, look, Dulux, they got this dog. The dog was old and scraggy by now. I mean, it was, it had its day in my opinion. Like, you know, you ask me, a, a dog's cute, but when it's, an, you know, when it's a grown dog and it's just the same dog on a painting over and over again, it's got its day. Yeah. You've got to move on, you know. So I had this idea that um, was to do with sort of powder paints and throwing them over people. And don't get me wrong, like, I didn't just sit down one day and this sprung to me. Like, I'd seen something that obviously inspired me to think of this. And weirdly, I, I mean, I get a lot of ideas, just, and I'm, not, I'm, new, I'm no different to anyone else like that. I'm sure other people get ideas all the time. In fact, I know they do. But I always seem to get my ideas as I get out of a shower. Oh, really? It's fucking weird. Like, I'll have a shower at night, and I won't even be thinking of anything. You know, probably that I go have sex with my girlfriend that night or something. But get out of the shower. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And I have to write it down. Yeah. Like, before the sex. Like, I've got to write it down straight away. Like straight away that has got to be written down because otherwise I'll forget mm -hmm. and I even to the point where I mean I, I'm pretty bad after write things down I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent but I I have a lot on my mind at night and I um, so I'll have a to-do list and if I haven't written something down it will keep me up at night yeah like it will not I will not be able to sleep or I'll wake up thinking about it so I have to I used to sleep with a notepad and pen by my bed, but I used to use in my phone and the reminders on, on an iPhone now, but okay. I still do, I still get that now. What, do you have to-do lists every day? Yeah, 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 to-do lists every single day. Okay. Because I'm not I'm not an organized person yeah. at all. Like, I'm all over the place. Yeah. I, I will only employ people that in an interview have got evidence that they are an organized person. Oh, really? Because I'm not. You have to take people who... Are yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they've got to have strengths where I've got my weaknesses. So going back to this, this idea I had, um, anyway, I, I emailed in Dulux. He, you know, I tried email, I phoned, I hassled him. And, you know, I was very much living in a car. This was at the start, so I was definitely living in my car. You were living in your car? Yeah, 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 100% living in it. I mean, I was, you know, I had everything I owned in it, um, apart from my skis, and I can't even remember where they are. I've got them back now, but I don't know who looked after them. Uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah, everything I owned was in this shit 5 Series and the, the 5 Series broke down, of course it did. Um, not badly, but I'd, I'd had this decision that I was going to... Um, I was 
basically I needed to get to the to the CEO of this company mm -hmm. because I think there's two lights. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna speak to, I mean, it's actually owned by a different company, Axon Noble. But if you're gonna speak to someone, you have to speak to the top, in my opinion. Yeah. So you go to the top. Like, if somebody says to me, "Oh, you need to speak to our human resources or our manager and or a marketing director," that's not enough for me because I speak to them and they can say no, and then it's unheard. So if I speak to the top and they say no, I'm okay with that. So if somebody gives me the email address of the marketing director. I will email that marketing director, but I will work out the email address for the managing director or the CEO, and I will copy them in. Because I want them to know my idea as well, just in case, you know, they say no. Mm -hmm. And I and I still think it's gonna work. Because if I come up with an idea and I'm, I'm prepared to ha hustle people and hassle people, I'm really prepared to push with it. Yeah. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. I will fucking annoy you until I get what I want. And here's my point on this. Let's say, so me and Mo went for a skydive last week. Yeah. Last week, yeah, or a week yeah. before, right? Yeah. And you wanted me to film you jumping out, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got no problem with that. But you asked me to do it. Now, if I'd said to you, yeah, we will at some point. Yeah, we will at some point. Yeah, we will at some point. You'd stop asking. But if it was the other way around, I mean, you might not actually, you're not a great example, but <laughs> you know, you're a fucking hassler as well. But if someone asked me, if I keep saying no, because I can't really be bothered, or I don't think it's a great idea, I'll say no. And someone will hassle me and hassle me, and they'll give up. Yeah, unless I get a yes or a no. If I get a maybe, I'll keep going. Right, exactly. Like, uh, now, yeah. now if if somebody keeps going, and I keep saying maybe, eventually I'm going to get annoyed and do it for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, who loses that? Because you still get what you want, and I'm annoyed, but I've done it anyway. So, and I don't care that somebody is annoyed with me as long as I get what I want. Like I'm a selfish bastard. If I want that contract with Dulux, or I want that contract with Coca-Cola, or I want that contract with, you know, Nestle, which is, you know, other companies I've worked with, big companies, I will hassle them until I annoy them. And they say yes, because at the end of the day, I'll still get what I want. I'll, I still believe in my idea. So at the end of it, they'll say, yeah, that annoyed me, but actually it was a good idea. Well, I don't care they annoyed me. Like, so, but people get worried about annoying someone, and then they back off. And I'm like, well, you've given up. You've given up before I got annoyed. I've just said maybe to you over and over again. And it's not, it's not game necessarily, but if I say, you know, people ask me at work all the time, will you do this maybe? Will you do this? I'll try. Will you do this at some point? Will you do this at some point? Then they give up. Mm. Then they don't get what they want and I haven't got to do anything. So thanks very much. They're worried about what you might think. Yeah, yeah. like you can't. Anyway, long story short, eventually what I did was I, um, I went and parked in his Okay, there's a little bit more to this. Yeah, go on, go on. So I, I did hitchhike to the car park to work out where this guy parked. Two and what, bucks, yeah. yeah. and what time he left um, work. And I worked out where this guy parked. I knew what he looked like from the internet. How far did he hitchhike? Uh, I think that's a crucial bit of information. Um, well, it was about an hour journey that took me about maybe five hours, yeah. I think. Can't quite remember. Was this in England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in yeah, England. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I knew where he parked. Anyway, I then got my, I then concocted a little plan. So this, I wouldn't actually advise people to do this. <laughs> I um, brought a gun. There's uh, no, a crossbow. No, I um, when my car was fixed, which took a few days, uh, and I got a mate to do that for free. Um, 
I went and parked in his spot overnight and I slept in it and um, and he came in in the morning and obviously I was already awake he knocked on the windows like 6am 6 6.30 something like that I can't quite remember 6.43 it was I do know that 6.43 I've written it because i got notes I've written it up could you tell that you were living in your car at this point probably <laughs> I've never been asked that, but yeah, I guess you probably could, yeah. So he saw someone asleep in it while... Yeah, I mean, I wasn't asleep, the chair was probably back. Probably looked like I was up summer. But anyway, he knocked on the... He personally knocked on the window, which I was shocked at, because at that time, I put CEOs on this, like, pedal store of, like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, these people, you know, they drive these big cars, they must have bodyguards. And he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Now I know that. But at that age, and at that with that little experience working with other CEOs, I, I didn't know that. So yeah, he knocked on the window, and I recognised him straight away. And he said, "Excuse me, you're in your, you're in my spot. Are you okay?" And I didn't even tell him yes, I was okay, or what my name was. I blurted out this idea, and I told him my history, and I literally just blabbed this to his face. I stood out of the car and just blabbed it to his face, and um, he was, he like stepped back and was like, "Okay, I mean." And I sort of said, like, I've, I've stayed here waiting for you to tell you this. I've been emailing for months. Like no one is listening to me. I was probably like a one. fucking hobo. I, like, I can't even remember, like, my hair was probably... A, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't have made any effort. I know that. I was probably in jeans. And, well, I definitely was in jeans. Didn't have anything else, really. And um, he said, of, you know, he said, well, I admire your passion. Uh, what's your name? And I said, oh, my name's Ben. And uh, he said, well, obviously you're, you know, you're very passionate about this. Uh, maybe we should have a chat sometime and I said yeah definitely definitely mm -hmm. and he said but you can't park here so I said look if I write down my number will you call me and he said I'll get someone to call you and on the third day um, so this was a Tuesday and on the Friday uh, someone called me um, and then they invited me in for a meeting three weeks later um, and obviously my idea became something then and then in 2014 the color run the color run was launched um, out in Philadelphia, which was a huge thing. Um, mm. So, that in marketing world, as an independent person, that was like my big break. And and after that, I did a couple more. What was the campaign? The color run. Oops. So uh, people run around on fun runs, 5k fun runs, and every throw paint, throw powder paint, or do Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big thing. It's I mean, still going on that. Yeah, yeah. It's global. I mean, no it's, way. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd put rights on it, but <laughs> it wasn't to be. I mean, I just wanted. I think what that taught me was just to be relentless and never give up. Yeah. And, well, I kind of knew that anyway, but in business, you cannot be afraid to annoy people and be self-disciplined. You know, be, you, you have to be prepared to sacrifice what you are for what you want to become. And that's a big message for me, sacrifice what you are for who you want to become or what you want to become. And if, you, if you're willing to do that, I mean, don't get me, you, don't get me wrong, I sacrificed a lot, not just sleep. You take away the sleep because I'm not worried about that. I sacrificed relationships, I sacrificed friendships, I sacrificed going out with my friends. There was at least two stack dudes I can think of I didn't go on in that time because I knew that, um, Mo's on the blower. <laughs> I knew that after those two years, I'd have all the time in the world because I really believed that I, I had the ability and I didn't necessarily believe everything would work. You know, and people say, oh, you can do anything you, you put your mind to, or anything if you believe in yourself. I don't actually believe in that. 
they think you've got limits. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 36, could I go and be a professional footballer? Of course I couldn't. If I trained from the age of five years old and all I thought about was football, yeah, probably. There may have been, you know, I'm not a big guy, I'm five foot seven, so there would have been some barriers in the way for me. But I believe if I trained for it, I would be somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I loved football, but it was, I was never going to be a professional footballer because I was never that dedicated. And I think if you're, if you're within your limits and you really believe in, one, what, you, what you're saying, and two, yourself and your own ability, I don't really see there is a, there's no reason why you can't do that apart from people give up. You know, and, and um, I learned this thing. Um, are we right for time? Oh, mate, that's fine. Keep so going, I, I learned this thing and I listened to this. Um, so every day, I, I, I used to, um, I, listen, I used to listen to a lot of YouTube when I was starting, like motivational talks. You can answer if you want, answer on the podcast. Hello? Sorry, what so, you so, so yeah, I used to listen to this, anyway, I, I won't lie, I, I, um, I listened to this story over and over and over again, whenever I was going to an important meeting, again, like I say, I get a little bit obsessed with things, so, I mean, I, I'm the sort of person who, if I like a song, like, I listen to it over and over again until I'm bored of it. Like, I'm not one of those for you. Ah, oh, mate, honestly. <laughs> Do you watch films again? No, I don't watch films nah. again. I don't, films take up too much of my time, like, yeah. you know, I've, and now I've got, um, six companies pretty much yeah you know um well five in a charity so it's um films i watch once uh but yeah no songs if i'm driving so, i mean music for me is more of a driving thing but um yeah this one this one thing this one story which i'll, I'll tell you i'll try and recite it as good as i used to hear it but um there was this guy and he wanted to be a, a millionaire right so he went up to this guru this guy you might have heard this I don't know. Mate, I read this last month. It's one of my favorite books. Did like you? Two weeks ago. I read oh, okay. It. So he says to this guy, like, I want to be, I want to be like you. And this guy says, you want to be like me? Meet me at the beach tomorrow, 5 a.m. You heard this? I have heard this. Okay, one. This right. Something different. Something okay. Different. So the guy says, okay, the beach. I'll be at the beach. Yeah. He says, you want to be successful as me? Be at the beach tomorrow morning. So he meets him at the beach, and he says, he meets him there, and he's like dressed in his suit, and the guy he's meeting this guru is like in swim shorts, and he says, you want to be successful? He says, yeah. He says walk out into the water. So they walk out up to their knees. This guy's like rolled up his trousers. He says, you need to walk a bit further. So he walks up to his thighs and he says, no, you need to walk a bit further. And this guy's like, what, you're crazy. What are you doing? He says, walk a bit further. This guy's now up to his like stomach and he's like, mate, I'm just here to learn how to be successful. You've got me walking in the water. What's going on? He says, you want to be successful? Walk out a bit further. So he walks up to his chest. He's like, man, you know, I want to be a lifeguard. I don't want to be a lifeguard. I want to be successful. So yeah. I said, right, I want to be a millionaire. I don't want to be a lifeguard. He says, if you want to be successful, keep walking. So now this guy's like fully like up to his shoulders. And he's like, man, you're, you're, you're fucking with me. What's going on? He says, you want to be successful? Walk a little bit further. Anyway, this guy's his back step a little bit further. And the guru grabs his head and pushes it underwater, holds his head underwater. And this guy's trying to get out. He's trying to like struggle to get out. His arms are going mad. He can't get out. And the guy like just before he passes out, he lifts his head up. He says, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? He says, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? He said, I wanted to breathe. He said, that's it. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And, and I really stand by that. Because if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, like I don't know, like, you know, if people who like, I don't know, you've held your breath too long, or you've been, you know, you've been held under by your mates or whatever, like, well, you don't care, like, what's on TV. You don't care the football score. You don't care whether you can pay your mortgage. You, 
you, all you care about is being successful. When you're at that point, then you'll be successful. And you know, I mean, you and I, like we spoke about skydiving earlier. Yeah. Skydiving is probably the only activity that puts me in that moment when we get to 15,000 feet and the door opens. Mm -hmm. Because nothing else matters. I'm about to jump out, and whether I've got a routine to do, whether I've got to track with somebody, whether I've got to keep up with someone, it doesn't, none of that actually matters. My mortgage doesn't matter, my job doesn't matter, none of my businesses matter, my money doesn't matter. All that matters in that very moment is the focus I've got of stepping out of that plane mm -hmm. and doing things right. And is my parachute going to open? I don't think about that fear. No, you don't and, do your and, and fear is the fear is this really interesting thing because, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I ever jumped out of a plane, right? See, I was scared like the night before, of course. Like, not maybe not scared, maybe that's the wrong, fearful. I don't even know if that's wrong. I had fear. So you don't really sleep properly, you're full of testosterone. In the morning, I definitely don't eat when I'm stressed. So I'm stressed. You're scared all the way on the plane, you're looking out, you're probably white as a sheep, your first ever jump. And then you get to the door and there's no choice but to jump. Yeah. But what's the time you should be afraid? The only time you should be afraid and it's worth being fearful because you haven't eaten. You've gone through all that stress of not eating, not sleeping, but the only time you actually are going to be afraid is stepping out the door. But you're not afraid then. It's like it's like everything is clear because mm. you jump out and even if you fuck up your jump, it doesn't matter because you're not thinking you're about anything. Ride, aren't you? So like you about you've it. gone through like maybe 24 hours of fear, and you're not even afraid when you actually jump out. Like yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Fear like fascinates me. I don't understand it. It's one thing I can't fathom at all. Whereas success, I think I can fathom because I I believe you have to be self-disciplined. You have to push and push and push and be relentless. And I don't necessarily mean aggressive. I mean, I'm not an aggressive person at all. I, don't, I think, I mean, you can't see me on an audio, but I think you'll probably agree I'm not an aggressive person. Um, no, you've got, you've got a very uh, podcastable tone of voice. So oh, I, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm putting soothing. it on. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, and I do think there's a huge difference, and this is where working hard comes into it. I think there's a huge difference between talent and skill. Yeah. And I teach this to anybody I employ is, talent you have this is my my opinion of it and I know that's not evidenced by any theories necessarily but by me believing in it this way it helps me so even if somebody's listened to this and gone oh, it's not like that at all mm -hmm. that's okay if it's not like that to you it is to me how I see talent and skill and if you don't see it this way and you're listening to this podcast this may help you because I see it that talent is natural skill is developed by long hard graft and uh, and I think that you can be um, you can be talented at something like you I mean I remember there being lads at school who were really talented at like rugby or something like that yeah but then they you know girls get involved or they grow up and they get into like gaming or weed or whatever Gross, they get into yeah. yeah you know they might get into the gym but they fade away from rugby so their talent turns to nothing but then you get the odd person at school you know, I, I remember one lad at school, he was talented at rugby, but he just grafted and grafted and grafted. And now he plays for Gloucester or Bath or something like that, I don't know now, but he turned his talent into a skill by years of graft. And, and my talent, I don't think I'm particularly talented at anything. I think I just graft. It's relentless. It's just relentless. And I turn anything I'm remotely good at, that I enjoy into a skill. 
yeah. you know, marketing for me is a skill. If, if somebody came to me with a company and said, look, I'm having problems with this, I can afford you for maybe a couple of days, I can go in, I can give them some ideas, I can help them, because I think, I think I've got a skill in that. I've got a skill for ideas, I've, I've grafted to understand the market. And if I don't understand their market, I will study it for them. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but then you get big companies who, you know, might be able to afford me for a bit more, so, you know, whatever. I mean, but I think there's no, there's nothing, I guess my final point, I don't know what, you know, I'm just talking here, you're not even asking me anything. My final no, point, no, really, Keep going. Keep my on. final point, it. really, I guess, is, is passion. Yeah. Like, I love marketing. Could I go and do the same job in accountancy? Definitely not. Like, if I'd studied maths when I was a kid and I was all right at it, could I have turned it into a skill? Probably, but would I have been passionate about it? I don't think so. Whereas, you know, my main passion actually, or my main passion for business and for work, is ensuring that, um, you know, young people and children can have access to the outdoors. Yeah. And um, I think, sorry, a dog walk has just walked past. <laughs> just, uh, she's got a mask on, don't worry. But, <laughs> felt like a bit of a tip then. Um, but, um, I mean, I started, when I, I said earlier, I started two companies at the same time, and one of my companies was, was an expedition company for, to help kids get into the outdoors. And I basically looked at the market, understood the British outdoor school trip market. Well, wait, so fill us, so fill us in really quickly. So after you did uh, the Dulux, you got that campaign, then yeah. what did you do, just freelance marketing? Yeah, stuff? just freelance for different companies, what, mostly what, what, big companies. What are like the biggest brands? Coca-Cola, yeah. uh, Nestle, um, uh, did a little bit for Mercedes. And then is that um, when you started making good money? Yeah, I mean, also go outdoors was a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was making good money then. Uh, you know, my day rate was good. Yeah. But then I, I, I don't know whether it's by choice or by maybe by the market or a little bit by choice. Certainly a little bit by choice, but maybe not entirely. That I started working with smaller companies. What, what do you exactly? What do you do? What do you do for them? Though? Like so. Brief um, okay, so I would have ideas and I'd be able to execute those ideas. Now my specialism really is outdoors, like I, I can think of a good campaign. So when I, actually my best work probably, well not my best work, but my most fun work was for Go Outdoors. Yeah. So um, they were starting up this outdoor brand, so I was able to help with making sure that I had good brand awareness. I selected Iceland, Slovenia, America um, and Norway. For some good photo shoots and basically I can I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to work I'm not meticulous necessarily in personal life but I planned huge trips and campaigns for them to last a period of time where we you know I'd go over to Iceland with a whole load of people and I would plan every little detail I mean I'm talking details like where the vehicles would fill up with fuel yeah. We're talking about the tiniest little details. We might be on a four-week trip. And you do it all yourself. And I'd plan everything myself. Or if somebody else was doing the booking, I'd make sure that it was done properly. Okay, so manage, managing people yeah, yeah. below and, your... But it's coming at... It, so the first thing is for me is looking at, looking at the weakness, coming up with an idea that is good for the brand awareness, maybe even telling a company what they could be doing better. Um, so if a company phoned... You know, I actually worked with the gym not so long... Well, a couple of years ago now. And they basically said, look, we don't know how we can market to the area. Yeah. So I just, I won't say this on podcasts because if someone wants me, they can pay for me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, this gym really was struggling. And so I, I said to them, well, look, I, why don't you act, why don't you aim for parents and say, look, 
once you drop the kids off at school we'll do these classes and and I told them how to access those people and gave them some really good ideas and I just sat down with them it, it took me a day to explain how to do it they then wanted me for another day to actually help them do it um, but, so, but this isn't but, digitally no 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 this so is, I, I think of like targeted Facebook ads yeah if, I if think, someone came to me and, that, I'd be like that's all I'm gonna do like don't get me wrong like that is um, that is amazing marketing but it's not my marketing like yeah. I think there's different angles of marketing I wouldn't I don't understand I do understand Facebook marketing and you know I employ people to do it but my kind of marketing is what I would call raw marketing so I would find ways to get to those people without going through social media like how God spill the bids well then everyone on podcast no one's gonna uh all right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an idea. I don't know how many gym owners that want to advertise to well, us. They might do it for their shots, I don't know. But anyway, let's say, uh, let's say you wanted to get to um, uh, a load of people in your town, right? Yeah. And let's say a, a town like Swindon, which is a big, boring, for most people, a pretty disgusting... Might get stabbed. <laughs> it's not that bad, but yeah. <laughs> You know, town like that, it's got about 13 secondary schools. Yeah. Well, let's say there's a thousand kids in each secondary school. There's 13,000 kids at that school. Yeah. How many parents cover 13,000 kids? 26,000. 26,000, right? Yeah. So go through the schools. Okay. How do you do that? You advertise to school and say, okay, we'll give your teachers a deal as long as you put it in your newsletter. You, you email out. Every school these days texts and emails home to parents. How much would the school charge you? to send an email out saying we're being sponsored by X gym and they're putting on this for parents. Oh. Like so for me like you can you can find ways of doing it through raw or you, you know or you say okay well so um, that's much bigger as foundational isn't it? It's like Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean that's cool man. Yeah, you know, and I've I've done things that are not that conventional so guerrilla marketing which is often frowned upon marketing. Okay. You know, I've hired a graffiti artist to graffiti yeah. somewhere, you know, to help out something. Uh, uh, I can't tell you what because, well, I'll say this, it was for Coca-Cola, but yeah. I won't tell you what the campaign was. Um, you know, so guerrilla marketing, you know, guerrilla marketing, if you want to know what guerrilla marketing is, is, and people are scared of this. This is the thing. So there was a big event that wouldn't let a company I was working for sponsor. Okay. But a lot of these people, they go to this event and they drink, which means they must be getting the train. So what I did was paid the train station to let us set up a stand for the train station yeah. and advertise there for the days that they arrived and the days they left. Yeah. Giving out goodie bags on the way in, giving out you know, flyers on the way out. So that's guerrilla marketing and people are shit scared to do it. And I think there's no need to be. Like it was genuine. We didn't just rock up. I, I paid the it wasn't a lot I paid the the train station to let us pitch up outside what's the problem yeah like you, you know you, you can't own me or my work you can't own the company I'm working for you can't own what we do you know so I think so basically yeah, I come up with ways and some it depends if a company wants to do guerrilla marketing or not as to whether I'll do it yeah um, but I just come up with ways to help big and well more small companies now um, and I really love that. I think that helping companies because you get a lot of good managers, people are good. You know, I don't know. I don't know the first thing about running a gym, but I know how you can market. I don't know the first thing about uh, an engineering company that makes wing mirrors. 
I could certainly market it for you. Yeah. You know, I could find a way of marketing that either nationally or you, so I'm not, this isn't an advert by the way, but you, you know. <laughs> Use my 10% off. Yeah, yeah, though. sorry mate. But you <laughs> oh, know. Oh no, I do like this. Yeah, you know. Spread your marketing seeds. <laughs> but I think, you know, for me, it's a case of being relentless and, you know, now I reap the benefits because people come to me, you know, for that help. And, and I, I love that. I love that I don't have to go and hassle people, but I'm, I'm really proud of people that do do that. Like, I don't care. I, I always think competition is good. And if, if there was a load of marketeers come in or a load of people, they might not even be marketeers, just people with good ideas that decide, you know what? I'm going to graft and graft and graft. I've got these ideas. I'm going to make them happen. And they put me out of business. I genuinely would be proud of them. Yeah. Because if I've got a problem with them, then really what I've got to go and do is graft harder than them. Yeah. But I'm deciding not to. You know, I, I think that my ideas sometimes are going to be a bit old hat and you get a 24 year old like yourself come in with an idea and actually your idea is probably going to, you know, might be more relevant. Not, not always, but it will be. So, if you were to outgraft me on a contract and I lost it, I'd be uber proud of you, whether I know you or not. I just think that's really important. And, you know, I, for me, then I'd have to move on to something else. You know, so that side of it, although I'm really competitive, mm -hmm. I also think that I can be really proud. I think where I'd have an issue is if it's someone older. Yeah. I think if somebody like in their 40s beat me to a contract, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm not having that. And we, we need to have words because your ideas are not better than mine. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, when, when younger people, I've got a real passion for helping young people as well. I think it's, you know, um, for helping mold them. I employ a lot, when I employ people, I employ a lot of people who are late teens, early twenties, and they stay with me a long time. Like, because, because one, I treat them well, but also I can teach them. And I think the people who leave my companies are normally people who don't want to learn yeah because all I want to do is teach and you know going back to when I first started my marketing business if you like I mean it, it's not really a business now it's more just me but when I what I, what I did start was a this expedition school trips company to help kids get into the outdoors and it was I basically was determined to make it like one of the cheapest in the UK to make sure that kids from rural areas or inner city London or you know there's heavy populated urban areas can access the outdoors so quickly very quickly after after the first two years of graph very quickly that company became the one of the biggest school trip companies in the UK yeah and and I mean I've stepped away from the leadership of that now it's run by a, a really brilliant team it's still How going did you start this um, so I was 28 okay um, well I was 26 but 28 before it really started doing anything and 30 before I would say it was big. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that even though that's probably the least profit company, BXM Expeditions, it's now BXM Outdoors, is probably my favorite company because it does so much, you know, we're working with up to 10,000 kids a year, getting them into the outdoors, working with loads of different schools all over the country. And I just see that the good it does and that we employ people who are passionate who work hard and I just it's led by a guy who I employed in my first year I mean I earned nothing for years I mean I still don't take any money from it but it earned nothing nothing for years but the first time it earned anything I employed him and he he's been he was a volunteer for two years pretty much um, and he's been with me and now he manages it and I'm just super proud that 
you know, for him and for everybody around him, the yeah. leadership team, you know, it's just a, a brilliant thing. Um, so what, what exactly did you do? So Duke of Edinburgh's award is like the most common thing. So if school wants to run Duke of Edinburgh's award. That's going to be a lot of like people not from the UK listening as well, which basically. Yeah, it's, it's mostly UK schools. So they. No, no, I mean for uh, context, Duke of Edinburgh, when all days. Sorry, say it again? They won't know what the Duke of Edinburgh Award is. Ah, sorry mate, so yeah, Duke yeah. of Edinburgh Award is like a, a UK thing that is open to children where they have to do a certain amount of months volunteer work, a certain amount of months learning something new and a certain amount of months being active and they have to evidence it every week to say they've done it. Yeah. But they also, we have nothing to do with that side of it. What they also have to do is an expedition in the outdoors where they work in teams of six or seven without an adult and they have to get from like point A to the campsite they have to be self-sufficient, cook for themselves, camp, then walk the next day. So as you can imagine, they're out in the wilderness. There's a lot of safety involved because although they don't walk with an adult, the adult has to be able to monitor them and re we call it remote supervision. Um, camp on the same campsite, make sure they're safe, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of logistics. So if we're running sort of 500 expeditions a year, we've got a lot of staff, a lot of instructors, you know, we're employing over 350 to 400 I think it might be now instruct outdoor instructors every year that are you know super good instructors super good in the outdoors so there's a lot of safety around it but one thing I like to see from it isn't necessarily that side of it well what I like to see from it is kids who wouldn't get the opportunity to get in the outdoors go out be with their friends walk 10 miles in a day with their backpacks on with their tent and the and I just think you know they've really achieved something yeah. and they, a lot of them it's hard work so they've worked hard for something they've set a goal and they've achieved and for me that's the point that's the point of everything I've achieved is I set a goal I work hard I achieve and no matter how small or big you know success is a is a relevant thing like if you say to yourself I mean, okay, here's a, here's a good point. When I started the expedition company, I said to myself, when it started getting big, okay, what do I want out of this? I want it to be the only expedition company I know of that takes in a million pounds in a year. Mm -hmm. And I was determined, I'm not talking about profit, I'm talking about just take it in. Now we were charging less than anybody else, which means we needed to get at least an extra third of the amount of participants on these trips. Now when I achieved that, which was in 2017, um, I achieved that was success and to, that was probably one of the first times I said to myself I've really achieved and been successful and you could say and some people might say yeah but you did other things that earned more money for you that did this but I didn't necessarily reach my goals in it yeah and success to you is completely different to success to me like my success was um, this is a bit sad I really wanted when when it came out a an Alfa Romeo Giulia <laughs> I know this is weird, like I could have bought any, uh, not any car, but I could have bought a lot of different cars. Yeah. I really wanted one, but I didn't want it on finance, I wanted to buy it outright. So when I achieved that and I bought it outright and I took the money in and I paid for it, that was my success that day. And I don't buy into this, oh, you know, um, your success shouldn't be around money. Fuck off. If that's my success that day, that's my success. And, you know, I've got maybe 20 different goals written down somewhere. Yeah. You know, some in a phone, some on a notepad. Summer's on my fridge, like on the whiteboard. It doesn't, but it shouldn't matter to you what my version of success is. If my version of success is, I'm trying to sell a company, you know, I do have some other companies, 
you know, I have a web development company, um, which I which I also love actually. I, I, you know, I, I promise you, I barely know much more than us turn on a computer. Yeah. I own a web development company. <laughs> like, yeah, but within a web development company is marketing. So yeah, people will work for you. The yeah, yeah. I mean, BXM yeah. Media is really good, and and what I love about that is I employ this guy called Julian, who is one of the best coders in the UK, and he's revolutionised certain industries from his work. So for me to employ someone like that is really special to me. But you know, if I if I start a company like a travel agency, I've got a travel agency as well. I mean, I've never booked a holiday for someone else really, but. I've got a travel agency now. If I build that up and I, my goal is to sell it eventually, which may be, I don't know. If that's my goal and I get to that goal and I sell it and I get the amount, then that's my success. Mm -hmm. My success actually isn't I want to earn 10 million pounds. I have much smaller goals than that. I, I set myself goals that I can probably achieve in the next two years. And I think I, I take life two years by two years, but they're overlapping. So my goals for BXM Expeditions, you know, that two years might be up next do you, month. Do you talk about setting goals? Is something you're setting ahead? Do you actually write shit down? Um, personal goals, yeah. I will write down in my phone. Business so a goals. Date, a date for them or? Not written. I guess I give myself two years. Okay. As a general rule, that's not set. Like I might say, I got a goal next month to do this. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily write that one down, but I would set that. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like I don't. I don't, definitely don't achieve all my goals at all. Like, I miss out on on way more than I achieve, um, and I certainly miss out on the time I achieve something because. And what what lets me down is my organisational skills. Okay. Because I get in a I get in a muddle, and then I think, ah, oh, fuck it, you know, and, and I'll just put it back. But if I ever put something back, it's because I'm not passionate about something. So then I sort of can line myself up with, okay, well. What have I done first? Because that must be what I'm more passionate about. I don't want to sit down and do my fucking accounts. How do you know what you're passionate about? Because I do it first. How do you find it though? Because I do it first. I don't choose. You yeah, don't but choose. like these things. Do you choose done. your passion? It's kind of. Do you? I, see, I don't see how. No, like, like I think you kind of fall into it a little bit. You only fall into it because you try loads of shit. Yeah. Some shit you don't like, so you don't do it again. Yeah. The shit that you do like, you get fucking obsessed with it. And then there's the stuff in the middle which you do after that stuff. The stuff <laughs> no, you're obsessed with. Stuff in the middle takes all the time from the stuff. That you <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're, if you were to start three sports, let's say, um, uh, oh no, three activities: photography. Mm -hmm. um, uh, less thing is three: photography, motorbike riding, yeah. and um, knitting. Yeah. Right? We all have a bit of fucking knitting, don't we? Uh, uh, for the record, I've never knitted anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> but let's say we take those three things, okay? And yeah. I start them all, and I start doing it in an hour a day of each. Oh, you keep talking to me. I'm going to go for a piss there and listen to you yeah, okay, all right. whilst so, you're talking. So I start doing an hour a day of each, yeah. but I start doing two hours of photography. Well, why do I start doing those two hours? Well, I start doing those two hours because I'm way more passionate about it. So I'm... You know, and, and the other one, you know, knitting, I drop because I've got no interest at all, but motorbike riding I quite like. So my goal for photography is to get a certain image, and my goal for motorbike riding is to get around a track in a certain time. Well, I'm going to spend more time getting that image, so the likelihood is I'll do it first because I'm more passionate about it. I didn't choose to be more passionate about it, but I, it just was there. Like, and I think, 
I keep saying I think, but I really believe that for me, the things I've become more passionate about, particularly as I've got older, are the things that are more relatable to me. I got a lot from being in the outdoors when I was younger, so I want to give more to make sure that young people can access outdoor education. I was listening to that. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's for the guy in the pub that didn't believe I was crippled. So yeah. That's my revenge, pissing in there. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't believe you choose your own passions. I think that it okay. just happens. Um, and I could be wrong, like, maybe it's just a theory just of mine. A, a reoccurring theme that I get, like, in terms of people asking me about stuff is, um, it's like not knowing what to, feeling like not knowing what to do, feeling lost. But I always, I always think that it's better it's to be doing something than it is to be doing nothing. Yeah. Like yeah, always yeah, yeah, be yeah. working towards something, even yeah. if you're not necessarily like this is it kind of thing. And and I, a lot of people they're working for for money, and I'm working to achieve, and the money is a part of that. Don't don't ever let anybody say you know money's not important or money that favourable. Money doesn't bring you happiness, right? I'm going to tell you something now. It fucking does. It's fucking shit, bro. <laughs> because it, because money gives you opportunity. It opens up choices, and it it really um, it gives you. If you want to skydive, skydiving costs money. Okay, so you could go and learn to skydive for very little money if you're prepared to work for it by packing, and then you could live on a drop zone and become what I would call a dirtbag skydiver. So Wait, packing parachutes to get money. Yeah, yeah. If that's what you wanted to do, and, and you're passionate about skydiving, then. Go and do that. Go and pack parachutes so you can earn yourself enough money to learn to skydive and then you'll find that people will teach you so it'd be okay because you'll be on a drop zone packing parachutes. But there's a few points here. Firstly, people don't want to do jobs that puts them at the bottom. And I think that's I think that's wrong because although I can't and it may be a little bit hypocritical and I don't want anyone to say, well sorry for you to say you never you never stapled paper and packed parachutes and, and you're right I didn't but that's because I moved away and I put myself in a position where I was good to people I didn't burn any bridges I was passionate about the outdoors and the environment I was in I was passionate about skiing I was passionate about avalanches and I I grafted and I made people see I was grafting I never would leave before anyone else and I would always get up early and get there early. And I didn't do that because I really wanted to. I did that because I knew the image it would set. Yeah. You know, I actually hate getting up early. <laughs> but, and, and these days, you know, if, you, if someone was to say, oh, you, you know, you've lost everything, you need to do four hours a night again to get it back, I probably wouldn't. Because it was fucking hard work, you know, going back to that. And I don't know if it even, I even could. Like, I, but maybe, Maybe I was in the position where I had that passion, where I wa wanted to success so much, and maybe if I was put in that position again, I would do it again. Uh, what about, tell me, like, about uh, your bike riding career as well? Yeah, so... I, I remember now, when we first properly, like, met... Yeah, so I we just... Went, we went around, uh, we went go-kart, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah. And you're a fucking animal. <laughs> and normally, like, I'm used to being, like, the best at things like that. Yeah, you weren't going to be on the And I was the trail. fucking last, mate. I was so, the slowest <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I did some work for Kawasaki. Um, but I... When I when I left this company in Austria, there was, there was a little bit more to it in that when I came back to the UK, there was actually a... A transition in money that I didn't see a part of because I was coming back to help um, a bike brand in the UK um, ride for them because 
how can I put this without, I mean, I'm gonna sound really arrogant now. One thing I am really, really good at, which I learned from early days uh, skiing, was I've got really quick reactions. Yeah. So what I'm good at is not necessarily being good at something, but I, I will react very quickly and be so decisive. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask me a question, and it was like a yes or a no or a left or a right. If, you, if we were driving along and you were like, is it left or right here? And I actually, it was too late for me to look at the map. I would say either right or left because one of them is going to be right. <laughs> but I know one thing is that I was decisive and yeah. you didn't have to stop at that junction. And if we've got to turn around and go back, ah, fuck it. We've got to turn around and go back. So I think I was, I was always quite good at that side of it. And I was good at motorbike riding. But I went to work for this company who made me very good at motorbike riding. This is Carl's Yeah, and um, so I, I worked, I mean I did some work with Honda as well, but I worked really, really hard to, um, and I'm not talking about when I was starting the businesses, that came a bit later, but you know, I was, I was planning, you know, I even actually for Kawasaki I planned some good trips, so I planned a really good trip um, for photography and things like that, so again it came down to meticulous detail. And they could see that I had my marketing head on, but I could also ride. And so I kind of had these like skills that gelled together. Um, but I, I think when you put yourself in positions like that, I mean, I worked, you know, I, I met this outstanding racer who won BSB, went on to World uh, Superbike, and he taught me so much on a track. You, you know, it made me good. You, how can I put this? You, if you are surrounded by people who are good, you'll become good. Mm. But if you surround yourself from people who, you know, this sounds really harsh, but I don't hang around with a lot of people I was with when I was much younger, like yeah. particularly my school friends, because not because I think there's anything wrong with their jobs. A lot of them are noble, humble guys, mechanics, um, uh, one is an accountant, um, most are not that successful actually. Mechanics, um, I'm trying to think of other, a carpet fitter, a gardener, um, and don't get me wrong, they are all humble jobs, noble jobs that are great. But once you're a mechanic, what do you then want? Do you want to be the owner of a garage or do you just want to be a mechanic for the next 60 years? Because for me, that's not enough. So if I've got a friend, and, and actually I've discussed this with him, so he really won't mind. His, his name's Stuart. Um, but he is a mechanic. He's the one I guess, when I keep saying mechanic, I think about. And he's happy. You know what? He's got three bed house. He's got a mortgage. He's going to have that mortgage till he's close to 60. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. He's happy in his life. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that was me, I would be striving for much more and I would be pushing for more. So I'd say, okay, well, mechanics is what I'm good at. I want a garage. Then I'd say, I want two garages, three garages. I want, a, I want a franchise of garages. And I would push and push and push. And if I had to go and speak to the fucking head of Hyundai and the high, head of Mercedes and the head of BMW to get me noticed as a garage and say, I'm an approved person here. Look at me, look at me, look at me, I would. But he's not. He's happy being a mechanic working for someone else. And that's his life. Now, I, as a rule, with the exception of a couple, have distanced myself from people like that. Okay. Because I'm not necessarily, I, I, a little bit intentionally, but not entirely intentionally, because 
the people I'm surrounding myself with are people who not necessarily are really successful, but are aspiring to do well, pushing themselves. You know, mm. one of the, you know, I don't want to give you a big heaven. One of the reasons I really admire you is because I don't know what journey you're going to go on, but I can see the potential for your push. Yeah. And you are constantly, you're on this journey, which is nothing like my journey was, but it's kind of parallel in another few ways. That probably doesn't make any sense to someone listening, but you are pushing in the same ways. You'll do the same things in your industry, in your way. And yeah, you're much bigger on, you know, podcasts. I, you know, my confession here is I'd listened to a podcast before, but I had no idea really how they work or what they are yeah. until we sat down today and I said to you, mate, I don't know actually know what a podcast is. As I do it because it's, it's um, the value it gives people. Yeah, it's but- also, It's by far the smallest thing that I do, but it's also the thing that I get the most messages about in terms of like, beneficial to the yeah, individual yeah. level so it's like that's kind of but they, like that's I think that's so special is helping other people yeah. because if you can help other people you can be successful if you, I don't believe you could be successful alone in your own little bubble because what are you going to achieve okay okay you might say okay well my success is I'm going to earn 500 grand and then I'm going to earn a million quid and then I'm going to earn two million quid okay so you've done that all on your own you've got two million quid but you know no one you yeah. haven't helped anyone, you haven't done anything. So, okay, your success is so narrow. It's so narrow. Whereas if you can help people and bring people with you, it's like, um, I think what if you push yourself and you carry people, you will meet the right people, you'll do the right work, and your success will be so fulfilling, yeah. is the word. You know, I'm 36. I genuinely don't think I've been successful yet but there are certain achievements I've succeeded in. Mm -hmm. You know, I've succeeded in some of my goals, which is great, but you know, and I do okay. I live in a detached four bed house and you know, I, I have a really good life. I travel a lot. I've got the car that I want at the moment. I've got a motorbike in the garage. I skydive when I want. I, I, pretty, I pretty much do what I want around my work commitments. Freedom. Freedom. It gives me freedom. Do you know what I didn't think? It, yeah, that's what it gives me. It gives me freedom, but I'm not successful yet. I don't think I am. Whereas, if I'd been 24, your age, looking at someone like me, I would have been like, I want to be that successful. Mm. But you don't. You want to be more, okay. and you should want more. Like everybody listening to this, if you if you want something. The only thing I can ever suggest is you should want more and you should stay self-disciplined. If you say, no one would have known ever, and I could even lie about it and say, yeah, I say I did two years, but actually there was, but every other Sunday I, I slept for eight hours. I didn't. Four hours every night. No one would have known if I skipped the <laughs> so night. No one. Like, That's impossible. But it's not. Do it for a month and you get used to it. Yeah. But you've, but don't just do it if you've got nothing to work on. Don't do it for the sake of it. Like, you know, I had two businesses. So for me, I was like, well, I need to do eight hours a day on one and eight hours a day on the other. And I think part of the problem with your, when you're starting your own business is you're like, what do you do for eight hours a day? Because I've done my emails. I've emailed a few people and no one's emailed me back. So what do I do for the next six hours? Mm. You fucking hustle. You hustle. And you get back on the phone and you think of other people to go for. And you think, Nah, fuck it. I'm not. I'm not ready for this. Like, I can't ever think of a time when I wasn't busy. Like, and uh, I just, 
Is it too light? Yeah, it's just I, a nice level light. I, I'm currently I, sat in the pitch black right it's now. It's gone dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice, but I've got. I don't ever think there was a time I wasn't busy, but the one thing I would say, well, no, there's, there's a few things here. Firstly, skill and talent. I divide them. Talent, you have naturally skill, you graft. Mm -hmm. You might have a small talent, perhaps when I was growing up, without really knowing it. You know, when I did learn to ski, I was a bit naturally talented at it. I was quite good at it, but I made it a skill by getting good. And I learned a little bit outside the box because everybody was learning about going fast and I was learning about being safe. You know, I was learning about avalanches. I was learning a little bit outside the box. So talent and skill is the first one. The next one is, I guess, my message is to be passionate. And the next one is, is to, to, be, to set goals, but be utterly self-disciplined. And if you're self-disciplined enough, then you will be hard-working. So I've got all these different things going on. I do my own thing. I'm also almost trying to start like a, a skydive media company type thing, which, um, which I'm going to involve Mo in at some point. I'm <laughs> sure like, yeah, well, one day uh, when, it, when, it, when it opens up a bit, I think um, that's not something I could do on my own. Yeah. But um, so I've got kind of like all these different things going on, but I could just do my emails in the morning. I shit you not, I've got, I employ such good people. I've made good choices on that. I've been decisive. I employ such good people. I could probably do my emails in about two hours every day and I probably could just chill for the rest of the day. But I don't because I've got goals mm -hmm. and I set, and if, I, if I've achieved a goal, I'll set another one and I, still you know don't get me wrong you know I'll have evenings off now and nights off and I'll sleep properly through the night but I just I just think be self-disciplined if you say you're doing an eight-hour day then do an eight-hour day and find things to do and if you're really struggling to find things to do fuck it email me I'll tell you what to fucking do <laughs> like you know like there are things to do especially if you're starting a business yeah. and one thing I would always say to people if you want to achieve 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 is work for yourself. Yeah, that's cool. Because if you work for somebody else, you are doing, and there's not actually, do you know what, there's hardly anybody in life I would go into business with. Mm. Because, because they've got to have something very similar to me to do it. Because if you work with somebody else, I can guarantee, especially if they're like your best mate, or brother and sister, or any of that shit, one of you is going to be harder on work, it will make a bitter relationship somewhere, sometime. I do not believe that two people will ever work together and get on all the time. Yeah. But I, but I do believe that someone is always going to be harder working. That's obvious. Like, and if you're the person that is harder working, then you've either got to suck it up or get the fuck out. Yeah. Because you're going to turn bitter otherwise. You know, I, I actually did, there's one business I do own with somebody else. At the moment, I think they're working harder than me, but if we were both to push it, I would be the harder worker. And so I've had to accept not to get bitter about that. But I mean, at the moment, I think they're working harder than me anyway, so it's all right, but... <laughs> um, you, you know, um, just on that particular project. But I think sometimes it's important, go alone. And if you are gonna, don't be afraid to start two businesses. If you're gonna start, two businesses and you want to do one with someone else and one on your own and do that like, like mm. that's I think that's amazing like then you've got one project on your own the other one with somebody else you've got an excuse not to be putting in all your effort into to one thing but you know start your own business because 
then you are working, you're not working for a wage. There's a massive difference between working for a wage and working for money. Yeah. And I, I know we've said before, like, you know, I don't necessarily go for the money, I go for the success, but the success brings money. And I, I do really think money is underrated as an important thing because people who don't have it will tell you it's not important. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're a... Uh, do you have many young people listening to your podcasts? Yeah, dude, it's mostly, like, people in their teens. Okay, so then I, I have like, got this... Funnies, okay, then I've got this massive, massive piece of advice for anybody in their teenage years is set your goals, and I do not want to put your parents down in any way, set your goals way beyond what you have seen because... What you might have seen is what your parents do and what your teachers do and the other adults in your life. And don't get me wrong, your dad, your mum might have a great job. They might be successful. I promise you, I'm not trying to put them down. They might not even have a job. I'm not trying to say they're bad people. I don't, I don't care. I don't care whether people are on benefits. That doesn't, I don't judge that at all. All I'm trying to say is wherever they are is not where you want to be. And the reason I say that is because I know so many people in a, in a town like Swindon, where there are factories, yeah. and there are other towns like this, you know, Plymouth, Slough, Reading, London, there are factories. And dads have worked in the factory maybe 40 years. And that's because their dad did all, well, because they didn't have the opportunities when they were younger. But you've got the opportunities now to say, okay, well, I want more than that. Because otherwise what happens is you get a job in your dad's garage or your dad's factory and that's it. And then that's what you do for the next 60 years. But you're listening to this podcast. And if you're still listening now, after all this time, you must want to achieve something, right? <laughs> so if you want success, you have, to, you have to say, okay, my dad's got a stable job. And all your parents will ever fucking go on about is because they want you to be secure. Yes. Security, security. Say, get a mortgage, get a safe job, get a partner, get a car. Car will give you freedom. Mortgage will mean you're settled for life. Fuck I always think, I've always thought this, and it could be terrible advice, tell it correctly if you think differently, but I've always thought that unless you can love your parents like like in unconditionally, but unless you look at their life and what they're doing and think, I want to live that exact life, yeah. you should not take their no, advice. No, 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 definitely. Like, there's and so many things yeah. my mum and dad would fucking love told me, <sighs> and if I would have done it, I wouldn't have been... My mum and dad were like, oh, you know, be, join a be, join a public service because you'll always have a job then get a mortgage get a, what yeah you think i want to fucking work my whole life like in the same job for six years and i don't you know people are like oh i'm just going to do this job for another two years then i'm going to leave no leave now have the fucking self-discipline unless you're actively saving for something and you're you're self-disciplined with that saving because that's another thing people go oh, i'm saving to go travel so i can get a job abroad i'm going to put aside 500 quid a month but actually one month you only put 300 quid you fucking lost the game yeah. the moment you don't stick to your self-disciplined goals of saving for this or doing that you've you know if you like I say I'm just gonna repeat that if you say I'm gonna save for a year 500 pounds a month so at the end of the year I've got 6,000 pounds I'm gonna use that to move abroad and get a job abroad my dream job okay if you do that and you put aside 500 pounds a month mm -hmm. great but make sure you leave after that year because you've told yourself and that's self-discipline. Yeah. But after the three months, you say, oh, I need to get my car fixed. So I'm only going to be able to save 300 this month. Fuck it, you've lost. 
You've lost the fucking game. Get out. Go now. Go with £1,300 because I saw you fucking saved in the last three months. Fuck off to that dream job and find a way of getting it out there because you've lost the game. You have to be self-disciplined. It's a little bit obsessive, but you're listening to this for my advice. I'm giving my advice, so fuck off. If you don't listen to it, you're at it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it, you have to be so relentless with your own self because, you know, discipline is what someone else gives you. Self-discipline is, is what you give yourself. And if you lie to yourself because you're lying, oh yeah, I've been saving 500 pound a month, and you're telling your parents and your mates that, but actually you know you haven't. Who are you kidding? I don't give a fuck. Like, you, you're lying to yourself. You, if you lie to yourself, you've lost the game anyway, so you're not gonna be like me. Yeah. You're never gonna achieve properly. But if you wanna start a business, start a business. You know, in these days, what do you need to start a business? It's never been easier. Nah, you need a website, you need social media, and actually, you know, so you need to come to me for your website, I'll do you a cheap deal. <laughs> you want social media, you need to go to Mo for that because he knows his shit. But then after that, you don't need any money to start a business. Get fucked. Oh, I need to buy product to sell. You'll find the money. Make the sales before you get the product. Like, I, 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 think, like, I think it's fine if you like, obviously there's gonna be, it's always, I don't know, it's, I've, I've always felt it's a bit like a curse. Like there's gonna be people that are gonna be perfectly content with having like working off paying off their mortgage for the rest of life like you were saying yeah with a, like a uh, like a family and like, like the mechanical example i don't want to call it a dead-end job because i don't think that's fair like I, I don't want to insult anybody like we need those people to do those jobs and actually some of them are hard workers like you know people i know somebody who's worked in a factory for 15 years but if you like that years. you fucking like that yeah that's right. fucking well, good, it, good on you Go yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's right i mean it, yeah, this guy i know is my mate's daddy he's worked in a factory for 52 years like he's about to retire I mean, he hates it, and he's hated it probably for 50 years, maybe 51, but he's done it because he's never seen beyond that. But he's an example of someone that shouldn't have done it. But he shouldn't have done it, it in time. the first yeah. place, you know, and yeah. he, you know, but he's, he'll say, well, my greatest achievement is my children and my wife, and, you know, that's all great. If that's your version of success, then if your version of success in your teens or your early 20s is I want to have... Um, a beautiful wife mm -hmm. and two kids then I can't help you go and do it go and shag a chick get her out of the duff make sure she marries you <laughs> then have a second one because your marriage is about to break down you know no, I'm joking I'm joking if that's your aim and that's all you want to do then you're just living a different life to me and you're living a different goal so could I give you advice on that of course not I've sacrificed relationships for business you're sacrificing business for, for relationships so we're on a different way if you if you want more you have to do more yeah 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 and whatever that is is totally fine like i would never judge anyone if they turn around to me and said i'm completely content with life and i just thought god your life's boring i wouldn't judge that like i think it's boring but that's fair like that's fine it's just not me yeah um so if you do want to be a fucking you cut above the rest. Yeah, I mean, you got it. Look, if you want to earn money in in this world, I really believe, and, and the most money you're capable of earning, I think nine times out of ten, you have to start your own business. Yeah. Because if you if you if you don't, you're earning profits for somebody else. You might be on a you might be on. You're feeling someone else. Yeah, you might be on a million pound a year, mm -hmm. but your boss is on more. You you could do your boss's job. So go and do it. Like. The problem is people are way too wrapped up in security. Yeah, scared, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, way too scared. 
be brave, be self-disciplined. You know, it's just there's certain things I wouldn't cut costs on. You know, you can, you can do almost you can do almost everything for very little money. Like, if you want to start a brand, like a um, I don't want to say a gym brand. If you want to start a brand that sells, I don't know. Give me some, man. Give me some. Bracelets. I don't know. Whatever. Well, no, I was no, going to go with twelve-inch black double-ended dildos. Okay, yeah. If you want to sell double black double-ended dildos, right? Firstly, they need to be a little bit different to any other black. In We've all got to. I mean, um, yeah. Extra bit of guard. Yeah, extra bit. Just something a bit different. So, firstly, you want something a bit different. So that comes from your ideas. So you've got this idea in your head. Now, that might cost you a lot to buy five hundred of them to sell. <laughs> I don't know what they cost, but I'm sure it would. So what I would do is I'd get a website made up from bxmmedia.co.uk I'd get on a Mo to promote it and do yeah. your, social, your social media and do some photography of a sample and I would literally get a sample do loads of... I mean, I've actually done this quite not too long ago actually I'd get a, um, a photographer like Mo who might I add took some photos for me last week which I haven't thanked you properly for them no they were fucking epic good. they were unbelievable um, so you get good photography and photography is absolutely key if you're trying to sell product brand image brand image all comes down to brand awareness brand image mm -hmm. you then get a website which my company will do for you very cheap <laughs> anyway <laughs> it out. No, I'm, I'm joking okay there's some jokes in that but they will do it cheap yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it cheap. yeah but yeah. The, the point is you then do like a pre-sale and you push it as a register here for that's, that's how we started the sub, uh, Motex yeah. brand, pre-sale yeah. Pre-sale, pre-sale, yeah. pre-sale. Then you, if you sell 100 in the first month, you know, may, you may as well buy 500. Mm -hmm. And if you've got beg, steal or borrow, you know, to get those 500, or I could tell you now, you order from China, you only pay 50% up front anyway. Yeah. They'll send them. You just agree you pay 50% after. Stretch it out for 60 days, you would have sold your products, you would have been able to pay it, and then you invest and you go again. And if you just accept that your first two years in any business, maybe even three, are tough. And the reason they're tough is because you want to invest everything back in. Yeah. So if you've sold 500 dildos, because that's all you could afford, <laughs> you're going to buy you're going to buy 1,000 next time. Then you're going to buy 2,000 with the profits. Then you're going to buy 4,000. So now you've got 4,000 dildos in a warehouse that you're selling. Then you start thinking, okay, it's profit time. Happy days. I'm selling 4,000 4, of these. And, you know, however long I'm going to start expanding. Are you, so you, you know, I mean, a good trick for me if you want to start a business, you say, okay, how much money have I got? I've got a hundred quid. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I need a website. I need some brand awareness. I need some social media. How far is that hundred quid going to get me? Well, not very far, but there are options. How do I turn that hundred quid into two hundred quid? To make your own Shopify site. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, there are options like that, but you. You, how do you, you know, you can do monthly payments of something, but how, the trick is, I mean, when I, was a, when I was a kid at school, I remember at school, I had a pound, and I remember thinking to myself, how can I turn this pound into two pounds? And I lent it to my mate, and he said, I'll pay you back a pound fifty tomorrow, because he wanted something from the canteen, yeah. and he did. So I turned that one pound into one pound fifty, and then I can't remember what else I did, but I remember distinctly getting another 50p, so I turned my pound into two pound. Now imagine if I did that again and again and again my whole life. Two pound, four pound, eight pound, 16 quid, 32 quid, bang, 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 two grand, four grand, Thanks eight grand. Yeah, and you just, imagine if you could double a pound every time. Yeah. Because, and I think, 
Business is so simple. You, it's simple maths. It's earn more money than you spend. That's it. If you earn more money than you spend, you're winning. Yeah. So for the first three years, two years, three years, you probably won't be able to do that. You'll probably earn the same money as you spend if you're lucky. Well, no, if you haven't got anything, that's all you can do. So you earn the same money as you spend. But then after that, it's time to start saying, okay, well now I just earn more money than I spend. And you know what? If your mate's got fucking honky, amazing graphics on his car about his business that look fucking epic, and you've got a shitty little Clio, who cares? You can't afford that because you've got to earn more money than you spend. And if they, if you've got, um, I had a friend who started a business very similar to mine uh, a few years back. It was a, an outdoor brand. My, I've sold my brand now, um, and I'm not allowed to tell you. I sold it to um, to the JD Group. That's all I can say on it. I can't tell you the name of it. Yeah. Um, but I had this brand. I started, you know, and I had some money then, so I was able to go over to China and start all that. But I, I honestly could tell you now, I could have done that brand with no money. But I started this brand that did like tents and all that shit, camping brand. But I, um, what was my point? I can't remember what my point was now. I've lost it. <laughs> started shit. a camping brand. Oh, sorry. So I started this brand, and um, I, I had a, oh yeah, I had a friend who started a similar brand. It wasn't the same, but it was a bit the same. But I just saw him spending money on like his own cameras. He had a new car that he, or a van that he branded up. You know, he had this and that, and I was like doing it out of my garage off of some shitty shelves, like spending next to no money. Like I had, a, I had a, you know, I had money, but I didn't want to spend it on this brand because every company you have should be self-reliant. Yeah. So I didn't want to take money from another company to spend on this one because this company, if it was going to work, it had to earn more money than it spent. Mm -hmm. So I didn't spend out on photography. I didn't spend, you know, uh, well I did, but I didn't spend out on my own camera. I didn't spend out on um, this or that. And I'm still, I'm not tight in my personal life. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I'll be the first person to buy the drinks. I'm, I'm happy to spend money that I earn, like, no problem. But in business, you know, like, if I, if I ask Mo to do a photography shoot for me, if he's doing a photography shoot for one of my businesses that hasn't got much money, well, then we can't afford necessarily to pay him that much. So, you know, but if I was asking him to pay for another one and he said X amount of money and I could afford it, then I'd pay it because every business has to be self-reliant and yeah. every business needs to earn more money than it spends. So don't go thinking, well, I've got this money because if you throw, keep throwing money at a business, it'll kick you in the teeth. You'll end up with a shitload of stock and no way to sell it. Simple as that. So, you know, pre-sales is a good way to start. Um, you know, another good, yeah, another good thing I did when I when I first had a, my first brand of materials and product is I went to I, I I went instead of trying to sell to like individuals who would buy one product here, one product there, and I might spend like ten minutes trying to get this person or an Instagram post trying to get this person or this person or that person. What I actually did is thought to myself, okay, I could spend I could spend one week, and I might get. 20 customers mm -hmm. or I could spend two months hassling a big retail brand JD Sports or um, you know fucking whoever Woolworths they still, they're out of business Debenhams are out of business everyone's out of business you know you can you know 
millets, black, you, you know, big companies. You know, if I was to do a gym brand now, fuck it, I'd be hassling the, what's the biggest gym? Gymshark. I'd be hassling Gymshark. Yeah. Because. Our biggest uh, gym. Oh, uh, so, so whatever it is, like. Like a retail, like bodybuilding warehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so my point is, I would spend a year hassling them because they might buy 50,000. So you're in it for the long game rather yeah. than the instant reward and for the thing. big, yeah. you know, so if I spend a year hassling one person, but they buy 50,000, that's better than me hassling 50,000 individuals and only 25,000 of them buy it. So I go for the big long game, like how much time can you spend on individuals? Like the individuals will follow. Yeah. So, you know, I go, I've, I go for the big players and that's because I'm not scared to annoy them. I'm not scared to be self-disciplined. I'm not scared. I would still tomorrow, if I needed to, sleep in the car on the CEO's parking spot of the company. If that's what it took, I'd do it. Because if I want, because that gets me 500 grand, or hassling individuals for a whole year gets me 100 grand. It's easier and it's nicer to do the individuals, but I'm in it for the game. You know, business is business. This is. These people are my friends, you know, I, I like to think we get on and after I've annoyed them, we have a really good working relationship <laughs> and, you know, they, they were, I think one thing I'd say is people, even CEOs or marketing directors or managing directors that I've really annoyed to get work is they really respect me. Yeah. And, you know, even, and I can't promise you that all my campaigns have gone well because they haven't, all the big ones I've done luckily have, yeah. but not every campaign for every marketeer is going to go well. It just doesn't. So, so it doesn't all go well, but I think one thing they'll say about me is, okay, well, we went with Ben and he gave it a good shot, but he definitely worked hard at it and he, they respect my work ethic. I mean, how long has this been going on? I feel Nothing like long. I've waffled at you so oh, bad. Oh, man, it's been solid. That's been really so good, sorry. really good. All right, let's let's wrap it up for under under freeze to death. It's probably about minus sixteen outside. I right mean, it's now. not that cold to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, mate, I, I broke the zip on this jacket earlier filming. So you're I'm all wrapped up I'm like a uh, little fucking, sheep over there. Like. Oh, I just smacked the head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. Right, three. Is that have you got three quick fire piece of value to give to the uh, younger audience members? Uh, three key things. Yeah, be passionate. Yeah. Graft until you're skilled. Stay self-disciplined. And. Quit your job if it's shit. <laughs> Make your own business. And look, you know what? If you don't like your job, don't moan about it ever again. Just get another one. Just go. Start Just your start your own business. Find a way. Like I promise you, if you, I promise you, you will find a way. And if you own a company and you need a motivational speaker, I'm sure I could oblige. Me and me and Mo could rock up. Small fig. <laughs> but no, like, look, go and do what you're passionate about and. You know, some of you, I'm sure there'll be some older listeners with families or with responsibilities, but a lot of you, when you're in your late teens, what you're worried about is your bank loan you've taken out for your car. Fuck it. You ain't going to, you ain't, you're not going to prison for not paying your bank loan. That's really bad advice for don't a lot pay, of people. Don't pay your loans. I'm not, I'm not saying don't pay your loan. I'm saying that don't stay in a job just to pay your loan. Yeah. Start a business. And if you miss a few months, you miss a few months. If you like, it'll work out. If you're passionate and you follow that advice, do you want to plug anything? Uh, if you need a website. What's, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, BXM Media. 
Oh my! What my own personal Your one? Instagram handle, yeah. Uh, it's the Benway. You it's can follow the Benway. me. I'll get you Hi. some. I'll get you some banging photos. So we'll, we'll up your Instagram. Yeah, then. honestly, okay. I'll, if you want to follow me, I, got, I can't say my Instagram's that inspirational. I just put um, skydive pictures on. In fact, there's a skydive picture of Mo on mine. So there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> follow me, and you can see Mo doing a barrel roll through life. In fact, I think my by, um, my comment for you is watching my friend's barrel barrel roll through life. Oh, I haven't seen it. I'll yeah, see yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, right, that's right. a good picture. That. But look, you know, I'm not here to tag this is your your gig, your Instagram, you know, I mean No, plenty of things man, go uh, ahead. I mean, you know if you if you need, if you do need anything, yeah, anyone can contact me and actually more often than not I'll help people for I help people out. Okay. Um, so he'll give you free uh, marketing advice. Yeah, I'll definitely give you free advice. <laughs> if you ever need me you might have to pay for it, but like I I'll always help people like if you're stuck in a rut, anything like that, like you know, contact Mo or, or me, and I can, I'll, I'll always give people advice because I think that's really important. And on that note, I'm gonna go into the pub because I'm absolutely freezing. <laughs> we got to pay for our drinks. Oh, we Even that, we go home. <laughs> 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 right, cheers, dude. Cheers, man.